Welcome back to the Gold Factor Podcast, your guide and gateway to a life of purpose and fulfillment. I'm your host, Bernadette Gold, transformation and high performance coach, here to lead you through another chapter of my audiobook, The Crooked Path to a Charm Life, a clairvoyant medium's journey to embracing her spiritual gifts. Now, remember, each episode of season one is a new chapter in the book as we traverse the realms of the seen and the unseen. So let's dive in and continue our adventure together. It's time to think bigger, feel deeply, and act boldly. Chapter 14, Living in a Postcard. As I left a sales meeting, I received an urgent message to call the social worker. She asked if I had time to talk about Brindy and the plan for her return. She explained the circumstances and recent problems at the foster home. Brindy had accused both foster parents of hitting her, which meant social services opened an investigation. As a result, Elva no longer wanted Brindy to reside with them. The social worker congratulated me on making so many changes before asking if I would allow Brindy to come home early. What do you mean, allow her to come home? I asked. She explained that it was in everyone's best interest if she came home. They didn't want to place her in a new home or return her to the temporary holding center. It was music to my ears. Of course, I exclaimed, barely believing what was happening. Spirit was right. I could control circumstances when I asked for what I truly wanted. Believing with faith, it would happen. When I arrived at the foster home on Friday afternoon, Brindy ran out of the house screaming with joy. We quickly gathered her belongings and jumped into the car. Everything on the boat was ready for her arrival. One of her favorite treats, bread and brie with grapes, was waiting for a celebration dinner. I saw her excitement building as we boarded the boat. She was so happy to see her new room and some of her old stuffed animal friends on the bed waiting. All the months of separation and stress were now behind us. Our new life and new adventures were laid out before us. I was beginning to believe anything was possible. Seaforth Marina was located just west of SeaWorld. Every weekend at 10 p.m., SeaWorld had a large fireworks display. We sat on the flybridge together, waiting for the show. I was excited about Brindy being home, and I can only imagine what her six-year-old brain had to process. So much had happened with so many new things to accept. Kids are very good at being in the moment, I thought, as I watched her face light up with joy. I had no idea where life would lead us next, but I was thrilled the past was behind us. Our relationship was better now, that I understood how her brain processed things. I still had to work within myself. I still hadn't forgiven myself for placing her in foster care or being weak, depressed, and still feeling like a failure. We were still going to counseling appointments. Luckily, Dr. K was close by 
making it much easier to get to our counseling appointments. I was learning not to future trip so much and create overwhelming emotions of worry. I would go to sleep that night, grateful for answered prayers and miracles. Life in the marina was peaceful. Each night, the sound of waves slapping the boat along with the gentle rocking motion made for the best sleep. We perfected our morning routine, dropping Brindy off at school and driving 10 minutes to work. Weekends were spent out on the ocean, deep sea fishing or cruising to Catalina Island. Brindy often fished off the dock, catching plenty of fish and kissing them before releasing them. Grant came down a lot in the beginning. My depression was lifting and my anxiety was gone. As our lives forged ahead, Grant came down less and less. After losing our cat to feline leukemia, there was a void in our home. I wanted an animal companion for Brindy and me. I boarded a friend's Jack Russell Terriers for a month before Brindy got home. It was nice having dogs around again. On a whim, I searched through the classifieds. I came across an ad to rehome two Siberian Huskies. Something inside me jumped at the idea of having another Husky. I had owned one before named Seba. They were great dogs with unique personalities. I called the number in the ad and made an appointment to see the dogs. They were both very active, young dogs. Neither had much training or manners. Shasta, a red-colored husky, seemed to be very curious about me. The other one didn't care. I was there. The owner ended up rescuing them, but couldn't keep them anymore. If they couldn't be rehomed, they were headed to the animal shelter. That was all I had to hear to decide to give Shasta a home. Putting her on a leash and walking her to my car was nearly impossible. She had no idea how to walk on a leash. As soon as I opened the back door to my Maxima, she jumped in and laid down. The first stop was to get a proper collar, leash, bowls, and food. Supplies in hand, we made our way to our new home on the boat. Shasta was a little unsure of walking the docks at first. However, once she saw another dog heading toward her, she forgot about her apprehension. At the boat, she jumped right onto the swim step and boarded quickly. I took off her leash and let her explore once the transom door was closed. She walked calmly through every inch of the boat, exploring inside and out. She made her way around before sitting at my feet. Brindy loved her instantly. The first night, she slept in the cubby at the end of Brindy's bed. We were creating our own little family, and it felt complete when Shasta arrived. Sunday morning, we decided to take Shasta to Ocean Beach, the local dog beach, to let her run. I needed to get her energy spent so I could start training her on basic commands. She loved to run, but didn't care much for balls or fetch. She chased the dogs that chased balls, but that was the extent of her play. Other dogs would sniff and check her out, but she was a bit snobbish, ignoring them. It didn't take long to figure out Shasta was unique. 
and didn't think much of other dogs. As the weeks passed, she became more regal, stoic, and proud. She was no longer challenging to walk. She learned fast and seemed to know she had found her people, place, and forever home. An emotional bond formed between us quickly. She reminded me of Quincy, as well as a dog Robbie and I own named Max. Shasta had an easy time telepathically communicating with me. I always knew what she wanted just by asking her. Pictures, words, and feelings formed if I slowed down long enough to listen. She picked up on my thoughts and feelings, too. Shasta knew what I needed when I was feeling down or out of sorts without saying a word. It's as if she was mothering me. If I were journaling or praying and feeling sad, Shasta would sit with her head on top of me. If I cried, she snuggled up next to me. If I was agitated, she demanded a walk. After a while, I understood that her demands were as much for me as they were for her. Even though she was a dog, she behaved like the kind of loving mother I had longed for but never had. She taught me so much about love, affection, and patience. She was my fierce protector, guide, and comforter. I have no doubt that had she been two-legged instead of four-legged, she would be the epitome of a parent. To me, she was the mother I prayed for so many years ago. Sleeping on the boat was the best I've ever experienced. Feeling relief from the constant onslaught of other people's energies allowed me to grow in my understanding. I began connecting to the other side through mediumship. One morning, while sipping my coffee, I heard a very familiar voice speaking almost audibly, yet in my head. Hi, Bernie. Can you hear me? Looking around to be sure no one saw me talking to myself, I replied, Grandpa, is that you? Suddenly, a warmth wrapped around my body while the hair on the back of my neck stood up. There was Grandpa, who had just died a few days prior. While alive, he didn't communicate much with me. Now, here he was. Intrigued, I began questioning him. Me, why are you talking to me now? Grandpa, because you can hear me, me. But why now? Grandpa, I'm here to help. You've been struggling with going to my funeral or not going. Me, I wish to pay my respects and all, but I don't want to be in the middle of the family drama. Grandpa, then don't go. There will be a lot of family drama. Me, yeah, I didn't plan to. Grandpa, if you want, we can visit each other during the funeral. Me, that might be more fun. Unsure if I was making it all up, the day of his funeral arrived. Grandpa kept popping in and then disappearing as if he was running between two different rooms. I found it fascinating how he described some of the events and characters. 
It was hilarious how he pretended to be a sports announcer and referee. Grandpa announced the events playing out with a tone of sarcasm and humor. I found out much later that the events, conversations, and drama occurred just like he described. I learned that my grandpa had a great sense of humor. While alive, I never experienced that side of him. He explained that he was very lost while alive. He was angry, limited, and very convinced that life was hard. From that perspective, he could only behave like an angry, unhappy man. It was refreshing to get to know another side of the man I feared. He shared things with me that I treasured and helped me understand my mother and her shortcomings. While not the first spirit I communicated with, Grandpa was persistent in getting me to listen to those who had crossed over. Along with a group of souls who wanted to be heard, he convinced me it was not wrong or evil to communicate with them. As I engaged more and made time to commune with the spirit realm, my gifts began to grow. I began to question the validity less and accept the guidance more. Doing so allowed me to communicate with those who crossed over, guides, and angels daily. Life was changing again as I learned how to walk between worlds without losing my sanity. Chapter 15, Spiritual Puberty. Two years on the boat afforded me an experience I will never forget. I grew closer to my daughter, Shasta, and the spirit world in tight, small quarters. I was also in a new relationship that was blossoming. Newly engaged and partner in business, my fiance Mike and I moved in together. It was time to move to a larger home. I put the boat up for sale as I transitioned to living on land, creating a new life as a family. Mike was a student of spirituality and didn't mind playing with new understandings. He had loved ones on the other side and wanted to connect with them. Unsure of my gifts, we used a Ouija board to contact them. I don't recommend using one unless you know how to open and close it properly. Stories told about increased paranormal activity in homes where Ouija boards have been used are true. It can create an open gateway or portal for spirits to come in and out. It's imperative to properly close the doorway to the subtle realms to avoid lower dimensional beings or entities from using it. One day, Brindy went to the park to meet her friend and walk the dog. Somehow, Shasta got away from her. Brindy was freaking out after she was stung by an insect and couldn't catch Shasta. At that very moment, Mike and I got a message on the Ouija board saying, Brindy's in trouble. She needs help. We looked at each other, quickly closed the board, running to find Brindy. Driving down the hill to the park, we saw Brindy crying. Shasta was off in the distance. Immediately, Shasta ran to the truck and jumped in. During this same period, I was playing with astral travel a lot. For me, it was an exploration into the subtle realms, but also an escape. I was having a hard time wanting to be in my body. 
Some days, I stayed in bed for 18 hours, escaping into the astral realms. I was learning a lot, meeting a lot of ancestors, guides, and teachers. Archangels communed with me daily as I sought understanding of the hierarchy in subtle realms. My understanding of the dualistic nature of reality grew. Light, dark, good, evil, physical, non-physical began to make more sense. Astral traveling gave me an excellent education, but it also brought spiritual attacks. Lower dimensional entities chased me, looking to steal energy. Anytime I was in the astral, negative spirits plagued me, while incubus, succubus visited my dreams. So I went searching for books on psychic protection as I encountered beings I didn't know existed. Physically, I began to struggle as events were playing out with people who were psychic vampires. A psychic vampire is someone who steals the energy of those around them. It can be a physical being or it can be a discarnate being. I didn't understand how to rid myself of these vampires. I prayed for help. At one point, months after experiencing spiritual attacks, the angels delivered a message. I was no longer allowed to play in the astral. It was time to focus on living my life in third-dimensional reality. I went back to the metaphysical store I had found when the accidental mediumship incident happened, hoping to get help from a psychic. There, I met with John, the Santerian priest I had met before. After reading with shells, he invited me to do a cleansing ritual to clear me of these attacks. As we worked together, he asked if I would join them. All I knew about Santeria was they walked between worlds. In some ways, I was honored to receive the invitation to join them. But on the other hand, it didn't feel right for me. Mike insisted that I was only allowed to participate if he could as well. John immediately dismissed the idea, saying Mike wasn't invited. The cleansing ritual did wonders for me. Before the ceremony, I was losing handfuls of hair. After John's spiritual work, my hair grew back, and my physical energy began to return. Following John's instructions, we destroyed the Ouija board and stopped using it. He told me I didn't need it, and using it would only draw lower vibrational entities. He voiced his concern about Mike, warning me that dark days were coming. I had no idea what he was talking about. All he would say was, secrets and lies will be revealed. He told me to be careful and be faithful to my spiritual calling no matter what I had to lose in the physical world. I wrote about the messages in my secret journal, not even sharing them with Mike. Mike didn't drink, but he never told me why. Out with friends, he gave into peer pressure and did some shots of tequila, but he didn't stop there. I could always stop drinking when I wanted, but Mike couldn't once he started. Finally, he confided that he was a recovered alcoholic, and this was his first relapse 
many more would follow. What? Why didn't you tell me, I screamed. It was the beginning of the end for us. For several months, he would battle alcoholism and relapses. John was right. Dark days were coming. Meanwhile, Shasta wasn't acting like herself since we had moved into the house. She wasn't happy that Mike's dogs had become part of the family. While visiting a friend, Shasta and Chloe, Mike's female dog, got out of her backyard. It was pouring rain, and Chloe didn't know her way around my friend's neighborhood. Shasta, however, did, and she had no issue taking Chloe on a run. Once we realized they were gone, we found Shasta walking up to the house alone. Chloe was nowhere to be found. We drove the neighborhood for hours, searching for her. Unaffected, Shasta took a nap in the back seat of the truck while we called for the missing dog. She was determined to be the only dog in our house. Knowing her the way I did, I could totally see Shasta purposely leading Chloe away and ditching her. Shasta had a keen sense of smell and direction. Chloe didn't. We checked all the shelters for two weeks. She was never found. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Gold Factor Podcast. Want some free resources? Well, join my Facebook community, a group of heart-centered, ambitious individuals just like you. Just go and visit the link in the description, or you can go to facebook.com forward slash groups, the Gold Factor. And remember, if you're enjoying the book so far, follow the podcast, leave a review. I really appreciate it as we're launching and growing the podcast and share it on social media. All right. I'll see you in the next episode. Have a great day. Be blessed and be a blessing.